1: wonder
0: Welcome back, alumni, to High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the reunion's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, kind of, and we have some homework to chat about. I say kind of. Because if you haven't caught on already, this is another class reunion episode. These have been so fun to do for our senior year. We've already covered a couple, including American Reunion. And this, today's film, is not a classic reunion film. Like, there's no actual reunion they intend. It's more of that style of reunion where you go back to your high school hometown for the first time and see people for the first time. And you're like, wow, my life now, for better or worse, The film, of course, we're talking about is Garden State. But before any of that, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a five-star review or a positive, positive rating of any kind. Of course, another way you can help the show is by telling a friend about all the great things we do here on High School Slumber Party. Another thing you can do is participate on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love to hear from you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, check out all the other older episodes of High School Slumber Party. They're older, but they're not expired by any means. They'll live on forever, or as long as the internet allows me to have them live on for. Specifically, check out Monday's AP episode. Yes, High School Slumber Party AP covers the more modern films. Island Addington is my co-host there. And we covered a documentary, Boy State to be specific, Definitely, definitely check that out. It's one of my favorite AP episodes, so have a listen. Of course, you can check out our archive at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. All right, all right. Today, I'm excited. And I'm just letting you know now this is going to be a two-part episode. The second part is going to be on Monday because we talked forever. The cool thing about hosting your own podcast is you can talk about whatever you want, and Garden State was a really important movie to me growing up. So I was excited to talk about it, and I just let the conversation fly, and frankly, it was one of the best conversations, one of my most favorite conversations I've ever had here in High School Slumber Party. Kara Gill oregan is back. We love having Kara here, and <laughs> this is this is a good episode for Kara, for sure. And first-timer John Brooks. I've talked about him because I've been on his Hard to Believe podcast. He's jumping over here to talk Garden State. We get into it today. There's a debate today and I can't wait for you to listen to it. So let's do it. Let's get to the class reunion, but I'm gonna say the old traditional high school slumber party thing anyway, because what's old is new, and that's what reunions are about, right? Reliving the past, even if it was the past of a week ago. Pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother to Up me at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. And something we talk about a lot in both parts of the Garden State episodes is the soundtrack legendary legendary garden state soundtrack and this one kind of is interesting because i actually like the song but coldplay and garden state soundtrack they don't feel like they jive in 2021 but don't panic by coldplay in the year that this film came out was a really really great song and a great way to open the movie and this episode class dismissed
2: Sinking like stones, all that we fall for.
0: Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for. We live in a beautiful world. We live in a beautiful
2: world. But am I too loud? Am I? I I don't know. Apologies in advance if I'm bringing some, like, extra weird and dark energy, which, like, is a lot more than normal, which is a lot. So apologies in advance. (laughs) I'm having a weird day. Slash lifetime? Question mark?
1: Have you been chasing a necklace with uh, Peter Sarsgaard? Is that, like, what's that kind of day?
2: I mean... If <laughs> if by necklace you mean, if by necklace you mean spending an hour at CVS, uh, yeah, to get the accurate number of antidepressant pills.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean.
2: That they gave me the wrong number of them, and I last month waited three days and stood online for forty minutes for that prescription to get um yeah no it's been over just so yeah that happened to me
1: last year and i just decided to not take antidepressants anymore
2: (laughs) yeah see that's the thing i mean like for me it's one thing you know (laughs) i'm like on top of it but like the cbs's around here are so wildly understaffed that like they're like five to ten days behind on filling prescriptions and i'm like Okay, you're killing people? <laughs> like, you're, yeah. you're going to straight up kill people if you have not already. So, big time, please clap energy. Today, I initiated a transfer of all of my prescriptions, of which I have many, to a local independent pharmacy. Wow. Which That's is something blood. that I have been meaning to do because CVS is trying to kill me. They're all built on a hell mouth. <laughs>
0: I should have pressed record. We should have just opened with that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did already start recording on my end, so congratulations. Well,
0: I'll, I'll, have, I'll have some of it anyway. But yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm recording oh, I did here. too. Yeah, I got all that. I just oh, wow. It. So we, we, all tec- <laughs> we all technically Oh, no. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't do that to CVS Corporation. I don't Oh, want no, to. please do. No. Actually, I had a
2: weird like nap dream the other day that I – it like became my like Aaron Brockovich life's calling to like single-handedly take down and or like lead a movement against that takes down the CVS Caremark corporation <laughs> because this
1: is a Walgreens podcast <laughs> this is a
2: Walgreens podcast i am a Walgreens stan and the only reason that i don't get my prescriptions there anymore is because my fucking prescription coverage is Caremark <laughs> And ah. I can't like their contract with Walgreens is up. So anyway, um, this Big takes up a hundred percent of my time and energy. It's really cool.
0: Well, ninety nine percent today, because thank you for making oh, time, Kara. Fuck for high school slumber party. Thanks, guys.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and thank you, John, for joining as well. We'll, we'll get into introductions in a bit, but uh, this this is a special day because this is we're doing another one of our class reunion series. Now, today's film Garden State isn't exactly a typical class reunion film, but it is like going back home to your high school town and seeing your friends kind of movie if that's a long way to say a genre. But uh, I'm glad you guys signed up for this one. I can't wait to talk about it. But On this class reunion series, we have the hard questions first. But, John, I just realized this is your first time on High School Slumber Party,
1: isn't it? It is. Yeah. Very excited.
0: So on High School Slumber Party, we introduce ourselves by saying our name, high school graduating year optional because we're not ageist, (laughs) Uh and your high school team name. So,
1: Oh, is that my cue? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, my name is John Brooks. Uh, some of you might know me as the host of a different podcast on this very same network. I am of the Walnut Hill School class of 1997. So here's the funny thing, Brian. Uh, I didn't have a sports team at my school. Ugh. But hold on a second. I went to performing arts high school, so we didn't have sports. That's cool. But we had a fake Sports team called the Fighting Walnuts, oh. who, who we joke about has an undefeated football team, which is, you know, true because it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> however, I, I do now, as I am a high school teacher, um, I do coach uh, soccer. And so, and so my, my school's sports team is the, is the Golden Knights. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. That's my current high school sports team because I'm still currently in high school, just on the other <laughs> side of the ledger, uh, so to speak.
0: Which is awesome. We love to have teachers here on High School Slumber Party. Uh, I was a Golden Knight as well. Nice. Different high school. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. And fighting walnuts, I like that. Any nut, I, I enjoy. <laughs> uh, uh, like. Was there, like, a
1: mascot picture of, like, a walnut no. with, like, it, its fists up? Oh, damn, no. someone designed that. Place. I know. No. <laughs> we didn't, there, there's a couple of joke t-shirts that I think my class actually came up with, and they still sell them at the at the store. There's a, like, Walnut Hill varsity women's football team uh, shirt that it's, like, undefeated since whatever the year the school was founded. So, yeah, we, we joke about not having sports, but it's a school where you're doing your art. Uh, well into the night, like every night. So um, there is no time for for organized sports at the school. Um, that
0: sounds like an awesome school, by the way.
1: Yeah, it was intense, uh, for sure. It still is a very kind of intense place. So I studied theater there, and uh, so I, I would often be at, at school. Like, when we had productions, I, I would often be at school until, like, 10 p.m. working work in the theater. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. But I, I guess it's not too much like – I mean, it's not that much unlike when you have – Games late at night, I guess. Whatever, if you're an athlete, but I don't know anything about that because, or didn't at the time because um I didn't know anything about high school athletics because I didn't. Well, now you do. You coach soccer. Now I do. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very, it's very weird.
0: And Kara, do you remember how to introduce yourself?
2: I mean, uh, mostly I'll figure it out. (laughs) Hi, I'm Kara Gill O'Regan, class of 2005 from. Lakeland Regional High School in Wanakue, New Jersey. This is wild to hear you say that you were both the Golden Knights, because my high school mascot was the Lancer. It's the guy out. on a horse with a jousting pole, I swear. Wait, Brian, didn't you post... A pl- like the cover of a planner. Yes. Right? And it had the night on it. We had the same one in different color.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So much so much synergy tonight. First, Carrie, <laughs> you're complaining about prescriptions and C V S. We get some we get some prescription talk in Garden State, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. We get a medieval times night oh, in yeah. Garden State. We do. Oh, yeah. oh my god. And we're we're all medieval themed today and uh that planner, by the way, because this is one of my favorite stories, and I'll tell it in 30 seconds, craziest thing to ever happen to me on High School Slumber Party. Uh, I had a high school classmate, Danny Kim, on an episode, and he, to surprise me, went on eBay and bought the planner from our senior year. Just be like, oh, remember this planner? I open it up live on the podcast. And it was my actual planner from senior
1: year. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean,
2: I wasn't there for it, but I did listen to it, and it was intense.
1: I'm sorry. Who is selling your original planner on eBay in the first place is what I want to know. Yeah, where is it coming
2: from? And, like, is the one that I had that I doodled in for two and a half weeks before I lost forever? Like, is that out there somewhere?
0: Well, Kara, that's literally what happened to me. Yeah. Or something along those lines. You could see I tried to be organized for, like, two weeks. yeah. You see nothing else, and then you see like a random kid right in it. And then I'm like, wait, it was the weirdest thing in the world. I must have lost it in high school. Someone had it, and we tried to contact the seller, and they they wouldn't respond to us. The strangest thing to ever happen to me on High School Slumber Party, but alas. I am, though, excited to talk this film, Garden State, because I saw it in high school. It was important to me then.
2: Well, and Brian, we're the same age. This came out our senior year of high school, right? Yes. Very senior. formative time.
0: Very formative. And we're from the same state. The Garden, the garden state. state. Exactly. So
2: The one and only.
0: <laughs> the one and only. The home of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, like I said, there are tough questions at the beginning of High School Slumber Party Class Reunion. Two tough questions I've been asking. My guests who I've been recording with have not liked these questions, so maybe I'll end up deleting <laughs> them. Who knows? But we'll, we'll start... With you, John, if you could go back in time and give any bit of advice to your high school self, what would it be?
1: Oh, my lord. This um. is such an
2: intense question, Brian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a reunion. I felt like that would be appropriate. I don't know.
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know if if it, advice is the right word, but like, I guess. Oh, yeah, you could say anything. You could say anything you want. Yeah, I guess just like, you know. It's all gonna be okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I think but it's what is I, it
2: though? Because like I'm, I'm unsure.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I think I turned out okay. I mean, no, okay. So like obviously the world's not okay, and like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bring that up. It's you know I'm only I'm only seventeen, but uh, you know like all the shit that I was uh, consumed with uh, in terms of you know my own self-doubts and heartbreak and all that bullshit like yeah that's fine i'm relatively happy and content with my life now like i got a awesome wife and children good job and i don't hate going to work every day most of the time and you know so like that's good i'm sure i was very kind of existentially angsty about all of that shit when i was in high school and somebody from the future being like it's okay you got through it it's okay um, would have been really helpful so
0: so it's all gonna be okay for you because for, for when me you...
1: yeah not for everybody else <laughs> like, <laughs> everything's in fucking chaos right now for everybody else but
0: when you said it all was gonna be okay i was gonna be like yeah i've listened, no. I've listened to
1: hard to believe yeah <laughs> No, I wouldn't bring up Trump. And is shit. it yeah, obviously hard yeah, to know. believe you
2: know. that it's all okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Next
1: episode. Anyway, that's that's. I think that's my best. That's the answer. Yeah. How about you,
0: Kara? I gave you. I gave you a little extra time oh, to think
1: about
2: this you, one. Thank you, Brian. That is, that is such a generous gift that I have potentially squandered. Um, <laughs> actually, but before I answer the question, I just was hanging out with. A dear old friend of mine that I've known since the fourth grade that I, you know, was friends with through all of high school. Like, we were extremely weird together and continue to be, and that's nice. <laughs> but she, like, lives on the opposite side of the country. So we had, like, an outdoor, distanced hang yesterday. And she was telling me that she had recently found an old diary and she was like, On
1: eBay? Uh, No, like she
2: (laughs) Amongst her possessions, like an old diary from like maybe middle school or high school that was, you know, just like so angsty. And she actually wrote verbatim, this is not teen angst right now. This is for real.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I was like,
2: oh, baby. Oh. (laughs) Oh, sweet cakes. You have no idea. Yeah. I would not go in the it's-all-gonna-be-okay direction because, like, TBD on that for me personally. Um, (laughs) Sorry, my life is in a real weird place right now. So, I guess, like, I'm not sure if I can fully articulate this in in the moment. But something to the effect of, like... Like, if you need to be as much of a pain in their ass as they are in yours.
1: Oh, nice.
2: And, like, life is really hard. And sometimes it's really hard for, like, a very significant period of time. But then sometimes it gets less hard. And sometimes it actually gets good. And through all of it, you just have to keep getting up and doing it. And, yeah until you die. (laughs) Which seems really, like, weird and bleak. But, um, I don't know. I feel like if somebody had, like, been real about that with me in high school, I would have been like, okay. I already was like, life seems like bullshit. Like, we're all doing these (laughs) things that, like, seem maybe unnecessary. And, like, I'm really I would also tell myself, like, you didn't do any of your homework because you thought it was stupid and it wasn't going to matter. And, You were right. So like high five. You're
1: not allowed to come talk to my classes. Listen, I'll talk to the,
2: I I won't talk, I won't mention the homework. All right. That's fair. Agree to just uh, pretend that homework doesn't exist. Because I certainly did.
1: A lot of my students already do that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I like that. All right. There's only two questions in this hard question part. So question two. The, the tennis ball's back on your side of the court, John. If your high school reunion happened today, and every single teacher, classmate, anyone who was involved in your high school experience was there, and you can tell any teacher, classmate, or whoever, anything without consequence, what would you say? Caveat, because people have asked me this, it doesn't have to be negative. You don't have to tell everyone to fuck off.
1: You could. So, like... All right, I, I so I grew up in a in a relatively small town in Massachusetts, and and I I stopped going to the public high school in ninth grade. I went to Walnut Hill for tenth, uh, eleventh, and twelfth grade. So you know I was still kind of connected to the public school kids. We we actually had a reunion because I you know I went to school with them for like eight years or nine years or whatever it was, um, even though I didn't graduate from there. And so like we had a reunion, and, like we 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 got a whole bunch of people together from from my class. In 2017 or 20th, and like I always thought that I would like have something important to say to any of them, but really I was just like, yeah, it's really cool to see you, and like I'm glad you turned into like a good person, I guess. Uh, and and then like with 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 Walnut Hill, you know, I've been part of the alumni committee. I still see it and, and talk to a ton of people from my class, including teachers who I'm like friends with, right? But the reality is like a lot of the teachers that I had, I was a huge pain in the ass. They don't even remember what a pain in the ass I was. Like I tell them how bad I wasn't. Like it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, it really was. Like I really was a pain in the ass. I was. I was not doing work. I was like goofing off in class. I sucked. <laughs> and like I have told them on numerous occasions, a bunch of them, like, A, I'm sorry, and B, thanks for putting up with me. Like because I, I was actually learning stuff, and I and I was actually invested in what you know like it wasn't like a waste of time it wasn't just completely withdrawn and skating by but as a teacher i i also kind of know how how personally i take it when I have students who fail or, or like mm. aren't giving everything. And it's really frustrating. Like I take that really to heart and- I'm so sorry. Ha- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God cares not in my class. No, and I, I, I sort of, I realized very quickly when I started teaching that I was like, oh shit, I made a lot of teachers feel that way, <laughs> you know? Oh. Um, and, and this I, is and actually I...
2: why I'm not a teacher. I had yeah. a, <laughs> I went to art school for like the first few years of college was not a math person ever, still not, but I had this like amazing math teacher my junior year who like was like, okay, like obviously you're not going to be a mathematician or like go into the sciences. So like, I'm not going to ruin your life and fail you. (laughs) I had intended to be an art teacher maybe, I guess, question mark. And he like sat me down and like kind of like broke it down for me and was like, listen, my true love is physics, but I teach math because I don't, want to ruin it (laughs) because like (laughs) you know when you have students who like you know like a certain proportion of them have some aptitude and they do fine you know some of them like have aptitude and they don't try at all some kids have no aptitude but they're trying so hard you know and it's like maybe i don't want to do that (laughs) i really appreciated that lesson that was advice that I did need nice. as a teen. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted
1: you. No, no. That's like, I, I love that. Yeah. So I, I like some combination of like, I'm sorry and thank you. But like, I've already said it to a whole bunch of teachers, right? So <laughs> it's not even really hypothetical to me. There you go. There you go. That I've, I'm now paying my my karmic retribution by like now being them. Um, though i will say like most of the students that i've taught in my career i've i've been super duper lucky and i'm very i you know I'm, i'm very grateful to have such have had such great students over over time but like yeah when there is someone who just checks out and doesn't care like i'm like oh shit teachers take this personally and um that's i wish i'd known that at the time i probably would have been more invested if i'd known that there was like a Emotional investment on the teacher's side. Oh my God. Yeah. You're
0: making me feel so guilty. Like, <laughs> For I real? never, I yeah. never thought of the human being behind the teacher. <laughs> I have since and- thought
2: about it and I feel very guilty about it. I'm so sorry. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. right. I was, yeah. you know, I mean, like the teenage brain is so just on on its own, in its own galaxy. Every single one of them on these, like, parallel timelines floating through space, you know. It's truly shocking to me that, like, anything gets through to most kids.
0: It's uh, it's crazy. Again, thinking about the monster I was in high school, like, just... (laughs) (laughs) The the only times I cared about a teacher's personal, you know, the fact that they were human was just to torment them. I used to find, like, my teacher's online dating profiles and be like so robert
2: brian what the fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was a like i I was a next level you know what i want to revise my
2: last answer because it made me it made me sound a lot more confrontational and and like a like a i terrorized people than i am i'm not i what i meant (laughs) is that like when people are being a pain in the ass you have to be a pain in the ass right back that's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, I, got I,
0: got I, got I got it. I got it. Yeah. 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 But I love you what you heard me speak and you're like, whoa, I don't want to sound like that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: boundaries, dude. The- <laughs> boundaries. Can I amend the record? <laughs> Not Brian. That's what I meant.
2: <laughs> do, but don't don't put me in that same category. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: Kara, do you have an answer for this question? If you could say any anything to anyone in this realm, what would you say to them? Without consequence.
2: Yeah, I mean definitely I'm sorry and thank you and like good luck out there. Oh. And I don't have know. Have a great summer. Have a great summer. See you next year. Keep in touch. Uh I don't know.
0: So far a lot uh, not many of my guests have a, like a big vengeance streak, which is disappointing. They're not yeah. like, "Oh, Marco Johnson, go fuck
1: yourself." I did think like I did think of like a couple people who who like I I would not mind being like <laughs> I hope you're poor and miserable, like I, you know. Yeah, miserable. I mean, I could definitely think of
2: some people that I could, you know, have yeah. some words for. for <laughs> but it's sure. not like
1: worth like only if I had the like direct opportunity. Like, it's not worth my time to like go after those people and say that. Well,
0: well, that this is the direct opportunity. You're in the magic. I'm gonna read the question again. <laughs> A high school reunion
1: happened today, yeah, and every
0: teacher every yeah no i I got i got it i got it yes i I did i did
2: ask you to restate the question yeah because i I don't think i fully grasped it the first time around okay so uh, kind of a a, a meta answer to these two successive questions that like advice to my teenage self since i need to submit a new answer um (laughs) is that like Like, everyone is on their own timeline, and, like, those, like, popular kids that you think are, like, terrible assholes are actually, like, when you all go to college and then you, like, come back and wind up at the same parties, it turns out they're actually cool. And, like, you know, like, not everyone is, like, you know, because I was, like, very invested in being a weirdo. Still, I mean... I I I had no choice. I was a weirdo. It was I. I just like leaned in, anyway. Um, so you know, I had this like imaginary beef with like the popular kids, and like thought everyone was an asshole. When in reality, I was the asshole, like standoffish asshole. And so, if anything, like the people, like don't get me wrong, definitely a lot of shitty people that I went to high school with. But like, people have turned out to be cooler than i thought they were as yeah. we've gotten older and yeah there's a lot of stuff like in retrospect or like as friends of mine have become teachers and, and starting to like see th- see things through new lenses that i'm sorry and thank you really is does kind of just to everyone in general <laughs> i'm sorry thank you
0: you see uh, slumbers out there. You see the doubters, the Joey Lewandowskis of the world. We make breakthroughs on High School Slumber Party. <laughs> we, have, we have good conversation on this class reunion uh, series we're doing here. So any, any other notes <laughs> on our high school experience? Or should we start to talk about Garden State?
2: Oh, boy. I not Let's know. talk about Garden State. Yeah. I mean, sure.
0: Every week I read the back of DVD, back of VHS. Have the DVD of this one, actually. So here goes. 20-something emotionally detached Andrew Largeman returns to returns home to New Jersey after nine long years. Now, as he tries to reconnect with his past, a series of chance encounters with Sam, a free-spirited girl who's everything he isn't, sets the stage for a fateful, mind-blowing take on what his future might hold. Interesting. Pretty, pretty succinct. Hmm. I usually ask what everyone's history with Garden State is. I'm going to go first. We already teased this, you and I, Kara, a little bit, but... Grew up in New Jersey, came out my senior year, when I was really starting to get into different movies that weren't like just like the big blockbuster that was coming out. Did I go see the Lord of the Rings movies in the theater? Of course I did, but I was like, oh, City of God, this is cool. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, this is cool. For me, those were indie films. I know there's like deeper levels of indie films, but. I was getting really excited about movies, and...
2: Well, this was, like, a golden age for that, like... Indie house within a larger studio, absolutely. Major Searchlight distribution and- release. Yeah, this one was Fox Fox Searchlight, and that came up, and I was like, "Oh, Fox Searchlight, RIP." <laughs> and then followed <laughs> immediately by the Miramax uh, screen. I was like, "Ooh." Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Focus like Fox features. exactly. Yeah, this was really like, and yeah, to be at a very formative age where you're starting to get interested in art and starting to dive deeper into filmmaking and like all of a sudden like just at the right time like you know you used to have to like find art house movie theaters to go see indie or indie adjacent movies and like they just were all of a sudden like incredibly mainstream
0: yeah for sure and again it's called garden state my improv uh, teammate who She was great. She got me into a lot of stuff that I love till this day. Some angsty stuff. She's like, oh, have you ever heard Elliot Smith? Have you ever, you know, do this? Oh, Uh, Elliot Smith. Smith. Yes. And as I I look at my vinyls, I see my Garden State soundtrack on vinyl. I see my Elliot Smith records on vinyl. And I want to thank her because I didn't really thought about that till now. So thank you, Chelsea. But regardless, she's like, have you seen Garden State? I'm like, no. Oh, you got to see Garden State. So I went to see it. Really enjoyed it at the time. And I understand I have a weird, not weird, but, uh, you know, watching it today and I watch it a lot. I know that this movie is not the greatest at everything, right? But I still have a nostalgia for this because of the timing of it.
2: And because of the New Jersey of it.
0: (laughs) The New Jersey of it. Uh, A song off the soundtrack was my wedding song. So I'm just putting it all out there. Like, (laughs) this is an important movie to me. Kara, what's your history exactly with Garden State? Do you remember the first time you
2: saw it? I must have seen it in the theater maybe, or maybe like in Canelon, or, or uh, at the Preakness Theater in Wayne, New Jersey, and or my friend Jenna, who I just saw yesterday and was the one who talked about not having teen angst in her diary. Her mom worked at a movie video, what, what did we used to call them? A video store. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Extreme brain fart on that one. That actually, like, wasn't, like, a old-timey technology joke. <laughs> so, like, maybe, maybe she rented it from there. So I don't actually remember. I just, like, remember it being, like, very much, like, in the ether. That whole soundtrack was, like, everywhere. And, yeah, I don't know. It was... I wouldn't say that I had like a, like I, I I saw it maybe once or twice and it definitely resonated with me a lot, definitely more for like the New Jersey reasons than anything else, but like also, you know, the alienation reasons. And it's really interesting to revisit it now that I'm older. And also now that I've had a lot of like neurological problems and spent a lot of times a lot of time in the waiting rooms of neurologists' office offices. It's never that interesting. I have never once gotten humped by a service dog while I've been waiting for a doctor appointment. <laughs> yeah. Demand my money back. So yeah, it was very interesting to re- revisit now, but it was also very tedious. This movie is very tedious because it's like... You know, I mean, it's a student film. It just happens to be that the student is Zach Braff, who was already Zach Braff and got major studio distribution, you know?
0: Oh, I love that. I love that take. That's great.
2: If you watch it with that under, or at least I thought if I watch it with this understanding it'll be fine. It'll be great. I can enjoy the themes. I did enjoy lots of the themes. I laughed at certain points that were interesting, but I found it in general, incredibly tedious. And the other thing that I accepted pretty quickly out the bed, I was like, oh, okay. Everyone in this movie is just terrible, right? Like this is just one of those movies where everyone sucks. Like, all of the I characters so. are just awful, you know? And, like, theoretically, if you just, like, accept that, you can enjoy the movie. But I just, it, yeah, it really dragged on. Yeah. Interesting movie, I guess.
0: And John, 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 John. So, a lot of people actually signed up for this one. And you were the outlier. Why? Everyone who signed up was, like, within one or two years of when I graduated – high school mm-hmm. and from New Jersey, right? Ex- except you. So I was like, I need the realness. I know I'm clouded. <laughs> yeah. Clouded, but it's because, and you know, I told you all the factors why. So what is your history with Garden State, John?
1: Um, Yeah, man, this is one of the, I'd say like five most important movies in my, in my life ever. Wow. Yeah. Which yeah. Is that's to like say. a really bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> The second time I'd ever seen it was yesterday. The first time I saw it was 2004. I was 25 years old, right? Living in New York City and completely fucking lost as so much of my micro generation who are kind of... Now commonly known as Xennials or Xennials, depending on who you ask, the Oregon Trail generation, geriatric um, millennial. So there's this there's this microgeneration yeah. between like seventy five and seventy nine or eighty. Technically they're Gen X, um, and and like they're not millennials. They're not really Gen X. And and I think this is like if the movie for Gen X is Singles, then this is that. But for this like micro generation of which Zach Braff and I are um, are both a part.
2: Yes. To which I say my biggest feeling while watching this whole movie, and I know Brian, you were probably gonna ask about this later, but I gotta say it right now, is that the better option here, obviously, is to give Chris Gethard Zach Braff money to make the <laughs> New Jersey movie about alienation and depression.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was going to say that's that's awesome to not that you know that you were completely lost and you were sitting at that, (laughs) but like that's awesome to hear because like, uh, where Kara and I were in the impressionable age, we're not the age of the character that we were watching when we first saw it. Neither was Zach. Right, correct. Well, yes, yes. Neither was Zach. Right, but when he wrote it, he was.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was twenty nine when they filmed this. Like, he wasn't. He was still in his in his twenties. I thought he was older. Wow, seventy five. So. Yeah, so there's a lot, like, man, it was, I had a really, like, I don't find it tedious. And I also don't think any of the characters are awful. I think they're all fundamentally very, like, good people um, who are just just completely fucking lost. Or have just kind of settled into a, a certain kind of, I don't know, comfort with, with their existence. Yeah, um, to
2: clarify, when I meant terrible people, I just mean they're like, underdeveloped as characters yeah. not like that oh, they're bad people okay. just like that it's it's poorly written um and i think that all of the interesting parts of the characters are like the actors probably brought to it and not it was like not in the script you know
1: maybe yeah i, I guess like you know peter sardsgaard's character and like the the millionaire guy who sold the silent velcro or whatever like i i get those characters in our inner lives like I, I i can like it's yeah, there's a few people who a... are
2: like fully fleshed out, f- yeah, almost fully fleshed out, you know. But then, like everyone else, is a pretty, pretty loosey goose sketch, and that does include a hundred percent of the women in this movie.
1: But we'll <laughs> except get to Nat- that, except Sam, who I think is a, fan- I mean, I think it's Natalie uh, Portman's best, best, uh, best role ever.
0: Best role. Interesting.
1: Again, like I-, I, I know I have a generational bias here, right? And I know that like there are elements of this movie that I think you guys were talking about timing earlier and, and, and there are elements of this movie that I think speak to a very specific group of people that, you know, Zach kind of wrote it for to me, this movie is about nine and, 11 and it's about sort of post nine 11 ism, uh... but more specifically, more specific, more, <laughs> more specifically, it's about like, so here's like what life was like for my generation. Right. So, when I was 10 years old, the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union fell. Until I was 10 years old, everybody that I knew thought that we were going to die in a nuclear holocaust at some point, right? Until I was 10. And and like, there was nothing that the teachers ever said that dissuaded us from that, honestly. Stranger danger, satanic panic, all that stuff I lived through. And then I got into middle school and we're all going to die of AIDS. And then, uh, the, you know, I we, we I get past middle school into high school. Y two K, which Brian and I were just talking about, and the whole like millennium fever, and then it's one of my happens. favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, then nine eleven happens, and it's like the the world that we kept being told we lived in um, as a generation kept changing. They like, they kept shifting the goalposts, and then when nine eleven happened, I think there was a certain sense in a lot of us, and I and I remember feeling this way for years, even if it was subconsciously. That like I don't fucking know what this world is. Like I don't, what the what is the point of any of this shit? And and This is bonkers what just happened. And it it completely undercuts everything that I've been told is, is true about this country and about reality, right? And it really fucked people up seriously. And I, and I think the Zach brass whole medication thing is kind of a metaphor for that. I remember in my early twenties going through like a second identity crisis. Like I had to go through high school all the fuck over again. And figure out who I was and like, what kind of music do I like? And like, who am I? And you know, I was 25 and I had no fucking clue. And this movie, I think just embraces that, like that sense of just having no fucking clue. And you know what? Like, it's okay. It's okay to have no clue. It's okay to just be fucking weird and like ignore trying to make sense of it all. And just sort of, you know, find the people that you love, regardless of whether or not they have societal value out, you know what I mean? Like whether or not they're who, you know, society tells you is, is what success looks like or, or, or whatever. Right. And that spoke to me then, and it still speaks to me now. It's really weird because I wasn't expecting to feel so, I don't know, like I, I, this, this movie like ripped my soul out and showed it to me again. And I was like, damn, this still, there's a pocket of me that still lives in this time. that's still like, exists here and this movie captures it in a way that i just i didn't think i'd still feel that way about it but i really do i i just think it's um i don't know i think it's magnificent
0: carrie you seem like you had something you wanted to say
2: yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> no i uh i like that version i like john's version of this movie would love to see it <laughs> yeah no i like that version of it and like part of me still lives In this time, too, and I think maybe that's why it is, like, so irksome to me. Mm. I'm just like, "Mm, nope, thanks, Mm -hmm. did that once, do not want... But at the same time, I have been listening to a lot of the music from that time frame again, so maybe, I don't know. But, yeah... Your point about nine eleven is very interesting, though.
0: I think we're um. What I'm hearing is I think we're gonna have three different opinions on this movie, and that's what ah, I love.
2: Cool, that's what
0: cool. I love. You know, that's good podcasting. Variety right
2: is the <laughs> spice of life.
0: Exactly. I do have to get into the nitty gritty production. Right. We already mentioned, <laughs> written and directed by Zach Braff. He said it was autobiographical. Uh, that's been the the rub on the film. Um, and in the crappy IMDb trivia research i've done there was not not as much stuff as i thought there would be the original title was larges arc which is terrible <laughs> and of course it was mostly filmed on location in new jersey zach braff is from new jersey that'd be pretty crappy if he wasn't um and it was filmed a lot in his hometown of south orange new jersey but also cranford livingston maplewood newark tenafly
1: Oh, and hold on. I'm sorry. You can't end there. Also Williamsburg, Brooklyn, because the so-called Vietnamese restaurant he works at is a Thai restaurant called C uh, in Williamsburg that I used to go to all the fucking time. Yeah, they didn't wear the crazy hats sea, yeah. and the uh, ethnically troubling slanty eyes makeup that he has to wear.
0: I don't think they do that anymore. That's why. Like, I've been there. And they don't do not... it ever. They never did. It, 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 was, it okay, was never okay. a Vietnamese
1: okay. restaurant. It was always a Thai restaurant, and they just wear normal clothes. But
0: Oh, I, okay. I thought you were saying at sea they used to do that. I'm like, Jesus no, Christ, no, no, no. no. <laughs> they
1: do it in the movie, but it's at a weird Vietnamese restaurant in Los Angeles in the movie. But um, yeah, they filmed at least one scene in Williamsburg in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, so apparently there was three scenes not filmed in new jersey uh, one on a stage in la and two in new york city that must have been one of them mm-hmm. so there you go that's awesome i didn't realize that was c yeah and that that is a very I, they should never do that with someone's eyes um <laughs> cast we already mentioned him zach braff at this time what's he doing scrubs like what season of scrubs is he in i don't even know it's pretty um, early it's pretty early right yeah yeah natalie portman we've all heard of her right Academy award winner not yet playing Sam. Um let's get into it now.
2: prototypical manic pixie dream girl. Well,
0: the article was written for this character, right? <laughs> yeah. Even though the person who okay. wrote it has regretted writing it and I don't, I don't blame them. Feels bad about that because it, they've said I forgot their name. I apologize person if you're listening. I know you're not. They feel like it's like pigeonholed women to these roles who actually have performed No, some you know what
2: pigeonholes women to these roles? The men who keep writing roles like this.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. But yes, uh, <laughs> Sam is, again, the genesis of the essays of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl or whatever, but very, very debated character. We'll, we'll leave it at that, right? And I'm sure we'll debate here. <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard plays Mark. And then, like, it's just dotted with awesome people, I think, mm-hmm. throughout, right? Like, Ian Holm, Bilbo Baggins himself. I remember in, being in the theater and being like, oh, shit, Bilbo's in this. But, I mean, he's done a ton of other stuff, obviously. But uh, he plays uh, uh, Zach Ruff's dad. Yeah. Gene Smart, who's yeah. kind of having, like, a really cool moment right it's, now. It's the
1: smartest happening right I was yeah, so awesome. excited
2: to see her this time around. Like, actually gasped and was like, oh, my God, I forgot Smart smarter than this. And... I had the same exact reaction the first time that I saw it, like just being like, oh my God, Jane Smart, because I am a huge Designing Women fan and have been since I was a little kid, which was this sitcom that she was on in the 80s and 90s. That was just.
1: Have you seen Hacks yet?
2: I haven't, no. Oh I don't God. currently you have will. an HBO subscription. But someday I'm gonna you sit down it. and I'm just gonna watch it all and I'm gonna enjoy it so much. I did see Mayor of Easttown. That was Oh right. That was uh interesting. I spent some time in Philadelphia and the greater Philadelphia area, so that was you know, I have notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Jean Smart though—I knew you were going to bring up *Designing Women* because *Designing Women* is awesome. Oh, it's um, so <laughs>
2: good, and she's so good in it, and she's just so good in everything she's in. Cast Absolutely. her in everything, please, everyone.
0: Oh, for sure. She, whenever she's on the screen, it's awesome. Um, I'm, again, as a big sitcom fan, she had a really great arc on *Frasier*. You already mentioned *Mayor of Easttown* and *Hacks*, which is awesome. And *Watchmen*. And *Watchmen*. Yeah, yeah. She's been circling around Emmys for years. Oh. I didn't realize she won two for the her, the Fraser character. So apologies. She has two, but she needs more. Gene Smart they'll be more. underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. She should be a household name and she's not. And a small character here as uh, Peter Sarsgaard's mother, but great, I think. Oh yeah. Who else, Oh, method man's in this? That's a
1: weird one. And Out is in this as,
2: yeah. as, as
1: Natalie Portman's mom. Yeah.
2: Also
0: oh, shocking. yeah, And Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Lieberman yeah. Uh, is is the doctor, uh, Dr. Cohen. <laughs> Which is a great scene, by the way. He's he's so good <laughs> in that scene. Yeah. Ron Lieberman plays the same guy, and I'm okay with it. It just it's always the same, you know. And but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> oh, how about a what's it called? What's the dude from Big Bang Theory is like the oh movie. yeah, the Jim Bazinga Parsons guy. Yeah, Jim, Jim Parsons <laughs> is uh,
1: is the knight. from yeah. From the, the, <laughs> the I did not realize
2: that was him. I first I I like completely forgot about that scene, even though I do think about it every time. <laughs> I have been to it medieval times.
0: What happened to you in high school, you had a thing, I forgot what it was.
1: You got the shit kicked out of him. No, I didn't. How do you know? You got the shit kicked out of him by Tyrol Freeman. I fucked him up too. He knocked your teeth out. He only chipped one tooth. So uh, what are you up to now, Mark? You're digging graves? Mark's getting into real estate.
2: Tim can speak Klingon.
1: What? No, I can't. Yes, you can. What the fuck is Klingon? Like the Star Trek guys?
2: Yeah, he can speak their language. She's kidding. No, I'm not. Why are you being shy?
1: Yeah, don't be shy, Tim. It's it's just, it's made up. This guy who plays the wizard at work is a Trekkie. I don't really see him. Don't be shy. Tell him
2: what you said to me last night.
1: No. Say what you said to her last night. Kuntar Patiki Maya. Al Fuksu. You gotta be kidding me. It means I like to mate after battle. That's not what I said. Yeah. No, no, that wasn't the one I said. This one means kill Kirk. And also, hallelujah, depending on the context. You must have got it confused with, uh, plegit amor et que Ah, that is good.
2: You know
1: what that means, Tim? Well, I do. It means get the fuck out of my house before I chop your fucking head off. Mark, he's a knight. He's just a fast food knight.
2: But I had no idea he was the guy at the table in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which he he's great as as that. Like I'm not a big Big Bang Theory fan, but uh, I love him in that role. Chef's kiss.
2: Yeah, I just like I I just love the integration of medieval times. It's just like one of those like just strange New Jersey places that you can work (laughs) (laughs) and the weird people who also work there
0: and and i've heard from people who really love this movie who were not from new jersey and they're like yeah it's it's a suburban thing it's not just a jersey thing brian 100 percent. yeah no (laughs) i did have that question and i
2: while i was watching this i was feeling like it could be more jersey and like a chris gethard production would do this so much more jersey Yeah. Maybe
0: maybe you prefer the original title of Large's Ark. So it's that's <laughs> oh, less <it's> so
1: bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the other person I wrote down is uh Dennis O'Hare. He is the dude at the bottom of that uh abyss. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a great actor. I love him. And,
0: yeah, and he's been in a ton of stuff. And like this is the first watch that I realized it was him, so yeah. <laughs> I need to mark that down.
1: It's such a great scene, too. I love that scene. It's just it's so weird and just wonderful and yeah.
0: So, but you're talking about scenes. I love it, Kara. You're giving me some dark energy, like you warned me about. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay, but this is what we're here for. Let's get into it. I mean, it. like the
2: true spirit of New Jersey, right? It's like chaotic, dark, weird, uh, perhaps somewhat indecipherable. <laughs>
0: Oh, this, that should be your your next podcast. The spirit of New Jersey. You do it like oh yeah once once every seven months when you feel like <laughs> it. <you know>? Yes,
2: <laughs> um, guys. Somebody called New Jersey tourism.
0: <laughs> yes, I was in high school. You were in high school. Carrie this came out, but watching it as an adult, I did have some of those similar feelings with you, John. I remember going back, like he does in this movie, going back. To my hometown. I mean, I lived in my hometown for a while, so it wasn't really like this, but just the hangouts were somewhat similar to this movie. Um, kind of aimless and weird I don't even know. <laughs> weird, yeah.
2: Like how many like weird parties like like that's the thing, is that like there are certain slices of life in this that I think are very successful, and it could have been I think a really good short film. You know? It just like just a few of those slices of life, maybe no no dialogue even, or a little only a little bit of dialogue. I just Whoa. you know just like
1: nothing but a vignette music in the of like, and just like yeah
2: coming. You know you can't go home again, etc. etc. Isn't New Jersey weird?
1: <laughs> I even
0: remember so a friend of mine passed away while I was in college, so it wasn't that much of a spread. But I remember going home for a funeral and so many people coming up to me similar to this film in terms of hey we should hang out that kind of thing Mm -hmm. like it shouldn't take a funeral for us to hang out like oh what have you been up to man like and again just running into people at bars in my 20s and getting that question all the time and even though i wasn't an actor but just like not wanting to answer it because (laughs) i didn't know what the hell i was doing with my life yeah some could argue i still don't same because i I spend a lot of time podcasting for no money, but <laughs> aside from that, I just, I remember that feeling and, and I have a cousin of mine who I'm particularly close to, he's been on this podcast, Cousin Pumpkin, who is 27 now, I think, I don't know. He moved in his first apartment out of home, a couple buildings from me, like by chance. So I've seen him a lot between like 26 and 28 and I and i see what he goes through sometimes and yes i would love to be in my 20s cuz of the energy i had but there's a darkness about being in your 20s too when like oh, you so don't it's so hard right like the, i don't know what it is but that... The...
2: well your brain isn't finished cooking yet for one thing like That's definitely literally true of me. <laughs> and also like it's just all of a sudden you're like wait i have to do what now i <laughs> like adrift in you know the void yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's
0: like your most glorious time and the craze like scariest time at the same time. And it's like I-, I don't know. Like I I'm fascinated with this kind of not just Garden State, but I like movies like uh like St. Elmo's Fire, right? Like you've graduated college. What the hell do you do now? You know?
1: That
2: liminal space. It's, yeah. I think it's a really interesting like those like transitional times like you're not quite done cooking and you're like i haven't i'm supposed to know what i'm doing and i don't and it seems like either everyone else has it figured out or like the people who don't like i don't want to be those people either (laughs) which was like my i still feel that way i guess (laughs) i was gonna say that was how i felt all through my 20s
0: but john you've already uh, disclosed that you are a teacher and soccer coach Uh, what were you doing in your 20s that you were so or you felt so lost
1: oh my god wow so around the time this movie came out i was doing a lot of things i was i was doing some some museum work uh i worked at yaffa cafe in the east village oh yeah so i was like working overnight in the east village and then also like writing for a rock and roll magazine and like doing some editing and like I don't know. What the fuck wasn't I doing? But also, I had no idea what the hell I was doing or like what any of it meant or if I was going anywhere with any of it. And then I was like dating someone I didn't really like for two years and have no idea why. And then like fell desperately in love with somebody else and fucked that up badly. And like, that's what I was doing. You know what I mean? And like the whole time, I was like, are we going to talk about 9 11 at some point? Cause like we should really talk about what the fuck happened. Like, we're not really talking about it and i guess we're just going to live past it i don't know it was very weird i it was just again yeah i think being in your mid 20s is a really we talk about being teenagers and that's one thing but like being in your mid 20s is a really fucked up time especially like now because we don't get married when we're 20 anymore unlike you know certain like our my parents generation or whatever but and mm, our
2: uh economic prospects are a little Yeah different.
1: and our economic prospects are non-existent and it's like you know i also think about like the soundtrack to this i think about like the shins and there's this whole period of time where there was all this music where like the the lyrics were like gibberish and like that was fine because it was all about just like how it felt and there was this like sense that we all kind of acknowledged that nothing made sense and it was all sort of aimless and that's sort of where we were generationally and like we're just kind of i don't know living in that and and again the like illogic and the fantasy elements of this movie, where it's like divorced from reality in a, in a in a very particular way, right? I think like that's what makes it unique, and that's what makes it sort of, of 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 the time and like what it's what it's what it's trying to say. Like I certainly wasn't like I was more like Largeman than I was like like Peter Sarsgaard's character mm-hmm. is, right? But I also knew Peter Sarsgaard, like that character. I knew that person. Like I hung out with. Oh, that Oh yeah, person. we all know that I mean, guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, like I know several. <laughs> and like, I never thought I was more or less fucked up than any of them, you know. And it's it's um it's such a it's an incredible time capsule. It really is. Like, and the soundtrack is like perfect.
0: It won a Grammy. I mean, Zach Raff won a Grammy for putting it together. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: it's it's an incredible soundtrack, not just because it's a bunch of great songs, but because of the way that it it tells the story of the movie in this like really profound way yeah so i don't know like i didn't really figure my shit out like one of the reasons that like when i met my wife my wife and i we knew each other for two weeks before we decided to get married um, whoa wow. yeah we've been married for 12 years so it worked wow. out fine but like yeah but like it's like this kind of speaks to that because i was i, think I was 29 when we when we met and she was 31 i guess and um and I was like, I'm just fucking done. Like, not like I was settling with her, you know what I mean? But it was just like, like I want, I, I'm ready to like move past all of this bullshit. I would like to commit to somebody, right? And like I would like to commit to you. Um, and she's like, yes, I feel the same way. And we're like, great, let's get married.
0: Can we see that movie?
1: <laughs> I'm very glad I did, right? But to do that and make that decision, I had to, I, I had to really swallow a decade's worth of just like that was a fucking waste of time. Like, that whole decade was a waste of time. And I now kind of realize that in sort of talking to my friends of that era and seeing where they are and seeing, like, what they were going through as well, like, no, we all just weren't talking about it, but we were all really, really fucked up over the state of the world at the time. And, like, you know, the two fucking useless wars and, like, all that shit was just so goddamn infuriating. And I just feel all of that with this like this movie makes me feel all of that all over again, and like Zach braff large largeman's divorce like his his inability to like connect to reality because of all the medication or whatever i it just it it's so visceral. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't on a shit ton of meds, but like this is how I felt, and I think I even knew that when I watched the movie the first time. I was like, okay it's this is this is speaking to like subconsciously where i'm where I'm at.
0: Interesting, yeah. And, you know, as we open up with just like him in LA, just the shots of him just like in bed, ignoring things. You're right. It's very, it's very uh, non reality. Obviously, there's that famous airplane shot.
2: Well, y'all ever been like really depressed, like where your brain chemicals are like extremely fucked up and you're kind of like mostly dissociated most of the time? (laughs) Yeah. That's what this movie is also, like, on a literal level about.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And he, you know, gets the call from his dad and gets this, like, bombshell news and is, like, so overwhelmed by it, he just immediately falls back to sleep. Yeah. Which, to me, as a person with narcolepsy is very relatable. But, like... I have that piece of information about myself now. So that is also like an interesting lens, interesting and different lens that I'm watching it through now where I'm like, I understand so much more about like brain chemicals and what happens when they get all shook up or like don't work right. To me, what parts of this movie that people describe as like more fantastic. It's like not necessarily fantasy like sometimes it do be like that sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I, I i mean more be tripping like the... balls
2: through life like right, whether right. whether you're on medication or not like y- your brain can like do real weird things
1: right and the way that it plays it almost like a comer's odyssey right like yeah th- there's just all these strange magical creatures (laughs) you know or like beings uh or or the weird abyss uh in the middle of new jersey or like yeah i think it's it's actually i think it's great the way that it's like you're never quite sure if it's like is it him kind of being a little bit detached from reality because of his condition or is it or you know is is there something kind of metaphorical about it but like it definitely is a kind of a fantasy it's just but it's also
2: a mirror right like right exactly we're seeing what we see because of who we are and what we've been through. And so, right. like, in that respect, it's a successful piece of art, I guess. <laughs> Even if I don't like it.
0: Zach Graff, around this time, said something that, to me, comes off a little pretentious and actually wrong about this film. He said, I... Right. <laughs> I s- love what?
2: the audacity of you to
1: be like... He's, he's wrong about this movie.
2: <laughs> this guy that made the movie, he's wrong about it. Wrong well, about li-
0: it. Well, well, listen... He said, oh, I tried to ignore the three-act structure. I, I tried to make a movie that did not have a three-act structure. And I'm all about, like, throwing structure out of things. But okay, to me, I it's, what you're it's, saying now. Yeah. There's a very clear three-act structure in here. So. Yeah,
2: like, I even... <laughs> what happened at the exact third of the movie, that I paused it and I was like, I wonder how much less of the movie it is. And it was like, Progress Bar was, like, literally a perfect third of the way through the movie <laughs> and I was like oh this is what we call a turning point I love it. or I love whatever it yeah.
0: always fascinated me though that he said that and I was like dude watch your own movie and I mentioned it because like our first act really is this uh coming home funeral just getting adjusted I do love uh what's her name singing that, that song at the funeral oh, I laugh it's so at good. oh my god and turned the Shiva too yeah like, yeah oh my god
2: she's yeah. great so good thanks for the
1: time that you've given me the memories are all in my mind and now that we've come to the end of our rainbow there's something i must Say out loud Yes, you're once, twice, three times a lady I love you
0: Classic scene. She makes him the shirt. That wallpaper thing.
2: Do you know your mother redid the hallway bathroom?
0: What? I'm sorry. What?
2: Since I met her, she never showed an interest in anything. All of a sudden, a month ago, she wakes up. She wants to redecorate a bathroom. I helped her.
1: Oh, it must have been fun. Well, I sew. I made you something. It's a shirt. Oh,
0: that's, that's good. Thank you.
2: Will you try it on now? Now? Well, in case I have to fix it before you leave again and we don't see you for another nine years, I want to make sure it fits. Oh, okay. You're going to love the material. I used the leftovers from your mother's design. Gorgeous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I want that shirt. Like one of my goals has been to get that shirt and see if anyone notices. Yeah, because it's just whatever, it's just a shirt. It, like it only works well if it's with.
1: Oh, dude, it's the Garden State
0: shirt. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Odd.
1: Yeah, maybe fifteen years ago that a that a God odd. damn it!
2: You know what else is the weird thing about watching this movie now that I just remembered? <laughs> I I also remembered it while I was watching it, but had since uh, slipped my mind is that this is the first time that I've seen it since one of my parents died I and mean, I like completely forgot that that's what this movie is like that's what makes mm. him go home so that was interesting <laughs> yeah I, like I and, and to imagine. Just the, the phone call that he gets from his dad like hearing uh, I guess there's no good way to tell your child that their other parent has died the way that his dad said it is like funny and weird and the way that my mom did it is funny and weird and now I like tell a story on stage about it but yeah no it's just like people get so weird around death and they say the weirdest most fucked up things and like just because we have like no tools to deal with grief or like talk about it or like and also we spend all of our time pretending it's not gonna happen so yeah I like that scene where he gets the phone call and then is like Home and like having to confront the fact that his mom is now dead, yeah, just a a whole new a whole other roller coaster that I was on while I was watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. it's been like over a decade i I'm fine, thank you. no, for your concern and condolences, it's great
0: <laughs> I mean that's tough though that it's like it's it made me think you know about like the funeral I went home for as well I wasn't a parent. But I just remember, again, thinking, this like, the scene with the cop, which I do want to bring up because... (laughs) Oh, because
2: all of the craziest assholes that you went to high (laughs) school with getting pulled over in your hometown by, like... The stupidest, scariest asshole from your high school. That,
1: that is a genuinely hilarious scene. I I love that. That scene. has happened to me so many times. Who among
2: you? us has not had that experience?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is such a real, true experience. But specifically with the death thing, I remember you know people again running into me and it's like, hey, what are you doing in town? Are oh, you... it's because your friend died, right? Yeah, like that yeah. kind. You know, that's like, oh yeah, that you know that's mm-hmm. why I'm here. In this watch, that affected me more than it ever had. When I was watching it in high school, the death things were just not funny. Not funny that his mom died, but I was just laughing. You just had, like, scene. no frame of reference. Right, like exactly. No, like,
2: emotional frame of reference. No framework for it. Like, unless you... Well, I don't know. Yeah. You just can't really wrap, start to wrap your brain around death and, like, what it truly means, I think, until you are... Until you do, like, finish... Your brain finishes cooking and you're, like, an adult and... People start dropping dead all around you.
0: Uh, so boring, Sorry, so guys. <laughs> I love Kara. How you're like negative about the movie, but you keep making great points of why it's actually successful in certain ways. So
2: no, I, I yeah, no, I think good job, Zach Braff. Not for me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Uh, I want it to be for me, and there are things in it that are for me, but I don't like it, which is fine. I don't have to, you know, we don't have to, like, all of everything, right? We do not.
0: (laughs) Different strokes. So, uh, John, in the first act, I'll call it, and we'll call the first act before he meets, everything before he meets Natalie Portman, essentially. Anything here that we didn't talk about already that really stuck out to you?
1: Um, No. No
0: unmemorable you hated
1: it okay no i just i think we've talked about literally everything in the first act that is that is that is great there's a
0: lot of debate on the sam character right a lot of debate and and i think it's fair on both sides that waiting room scene though like for me when she was introducing him to the shins it really introduced me to the shins a lot i've (laughs) been at a we all met
1: the shins then (laughs) yeah what are you listening to
2: the shins you know him? No. You gotta hear this one song. It'll change your life. I swear. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: You have
0: to. I uh, gotta fill out your forms. Conundrum.
2: Think you coulda uh, maybe listen
0: yeah, while I think you could. I can it.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: For this in my They to I like it.
2: So what are you here for?
0: What are you here for?
2: Waiting for a friend, you.
0: I uh oh, fuck that was nosy, I'm sorry. I am I am so nosy, I didn't i didn't mean to be i'm sorry no i just I, I get these headaches i just want to have it checked out
2: cool andrew largeman yes we're ready for you now
0: oh uh, okay thank you nice meeting you
2: you didn't i'm sam andrew nice to meet you no, but there are like so many better Shin songs. Like, why oh, that one? Oh, why is that slang. one the one that's going to change his life? You know. All right,
0: hot take care tonight. What is the best Shin song then?
2: <laughs> I, you know what i I have to revisit the discography. <laughs> I can't. I. It's just like that one. I don't. It's. I like. I. I don't know.
1: I mean, Australia is <laughs> a pretty awesome song. I, yeah, but New Slang, like that song. The that song is, like, the center of my musical life for those years. Like, that is the center of gravity, is that one particular song. And I think it even was before the movie came out. I'm, I'm pretty sure I knew that song and loved it before. Um... Yeah,
2: there's a lot of music. Like, a lot of it isn't necessarily, like, immediately of the time. Like, I, that but... Fru-Fru song that they use Yeah. at yeah. the end, like, that was more of my orbit was more in that direction i'd yeah. say
1: yeah but i i love i love new slang i love the shins in general but like that it, again there's just something about like the oral quality of that song um A A-U-R-A-L, that is just hmm. it just i don't know it captures that mood of that time um in this like magical way yeah even though the lyrics don't make sense and nobody cares it's like it's just it's perfect if anything like the the whole natalie portman's character saying the shins are going to change your life made me like like the shins a little less <laughs> even though i love this movie and everything about it like that's like that's sort of that's sort of um i don't know that's i the think they actually far. recently
2: did a song exploder episode oh about wow that song or maybe oh, it really? was a different podcast that i was subscribed to <laughs> But he talked about the lyrics, and they're actually not entirely nonsense.
1: Okay, really. Something
2: about there was some girl who was an act, who was like a baker, but she also had a band, and he was jealous of her, and that's what the song's about. But I that's nonsense. I really
1: that's like, but that's like when you're <laughs> yeah, in okay. the mid fucking yeah, nonsense. Right. Like yeah, that's, that's just like this <laughs> is what I'm
2: saying. <laughs> right. the, the whole writing world about is lo- nonsense if you're,
1: if you're writing about that. Like yeah, nothing in your fair. life is meaningful if that's what you're writing about. But like <laughs> wow, in a good but in like a not good take way. Take
2: care tonight. Are you me
1: hunting, Jeez. And I don't mean that in a in a I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that like that's what I'm talking about. It's like that's what it was like being in my mid twenties. Was like Straight I opinions. cared about so much fucking bullshit that I yeah. it just didn't matter. Mm.
0: And like mm. yeah, so right, so right. And that that's why again I, I chose this for this series because again not traditional reunion, but it's those moments where you go back to your high school foundations and you're like what the fuck am I doing? You know, what I mean? but the Sam character, we got to do it. People mm-hmm. want to hear if they are subscribers. Hopefully you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, why do you love the char- uh, character so much? And Kara, I'll let you speak why you don't like the character. So first, John, why do you love the character? Well,
1: I love the character because like, again, look, I'm not going to lie about this. Like that is my dream girl in my mid twenties. Right. And that means something. I- and I know like, it's, <laughs> it's, I hate to say it, but like, yes, of course. That in my mid-20s was like what I dreamt of as the perfect girl. And of course, like that's what Zach Braff wrote because it was true of him too. I And I totally get that it's coming from this like male, you know, fantasy point of view as so much of, you know, the kind of, I don't know, almost like mythic storytelling that Zach Braff is doing here would do. Uh, that said, like, I think that Natalie Portman herself elevates this character into something else that that she takes this uh this like fantasy of a manic pixie dream girl or whatever and turns it into something really memorable and a really i think very nuanced and fully realized performance like i believe this person as a human being and I can easily see how um, a lesser actor uh, would have not have done that with the material. It would have just played it as this like, oh, quirky girl that he's in love with. And like, I get a sense of Sam's inner universe and her vulnerability and her like sadness, but also, you know, like sense of being okay with herself. And, and this was the movie where I was like, oh, you know, because I I've been impressed with Natalie Portman in like, you know heat and the professional and shit like that before this where i was like oh w- when given the space to really develop a character like she is great and, and can really do it and it's really hard for me also to like not see natalie portman when i see a a, a character because she's that sort of an actress she disappears into this character i think it yeah so there's the side of it where it's like of course who i was then and just like in general, being in love with Natalie Portman then, right? Like so many people my age were, you know, it's fucking Padme. Uh, Like (laughs) that side of it. Yeah. Like, but, but having rewatched it, I'm like, I just love this performance and, and she's better than the writing even for this character.
0: Points for you, John, on the Natalie Portman part of it, because I never thought of it that way, but in the wrong hands, something that's written like this might have ruined the movie, so I do give a lot of credit to Natalie Portman. All right, Kara, ru- ruin our day.
2: No, um, I agree with John that she is the reason that this character does have any, like, dimension or depth. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of where it comes down to for me. Which I would also say about Jean Smart's character and Anne Dowd's character. Like, those two women are, like...
1: yeah. Yeah. You're
2: like, oh, I, yeah, those I know those ladies, you know, and they have like the teeniest, tiniest little parts in this movie. Um, and that's that's the, them bringing what they bring. But, yeah, I forgot. I hate Natalie Portman. Um, so there's that. Like, just, you know, bad jumping off point. Um, I just, I, and I just, I find her just very irritating in this movie. It's just, you know... And, like, as far as, like, the manic pixie dream girl goes, like, yeah, is dating somebody who has a neurological disorder that, like, makes them have to spend lots of time at doctor's appointments and, like, wear a helmet so that their employer will keep them employed so they can keep their health insurance so that they can continue to see doctors and take medication and, like deal with their, you know, life altering neurological disorder. Is that, is that part of the fantasy? Cause it doesn't, people don't think about that part of the fantasy mm-hmm. and I live that part every day. I don't have epilepsy, but I, I got a lot of other stuff going on and like, it turns out people don't like that part. <laughs> they don't want to stick around for that part, you know? Mm. So, like, on the one hand, it was really interesting to me that I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a chronic illness story, you know? And and one of the few that, like, portrays certain aspects of this and, like, you know, somewhat, like, just how isolating and fucking boring going through health stuff is. <laughs> like, You mm-hmm. know, there's just so much fucking sitting around. And it's very alienating and isolating. And I think that's what this movie definitely gets right. But, like, what happens after this movie ends and, like, he gets his meds figured out maybe and, like, he's fine and doesn't really have to think about it anymore. And, like, you know, she continues to have to live her life with epilepsy and deal with all the bullshit that comes with that. Like, does he stick around for that part? I don't know. Usually not. The answer is usually not. So, I don't know. That's a long, weird tangent.
0: No, I I love it. I love it. That's really interesting. Something I notice on this watch, for sure, and it's super obvious, people have said this, but this is very much... It is Zach Braff. He is the main character. He's the director. He's the writer. Very much the male perspective here. Mm -hmm. The manic pixie dream girl as a fantasy of the dude, right? So, John, what you're you're saying makes total sense. I also get what you're saying, Kara, from the theoretical manic I'm not calling you a manic pixie dream girl. yeah
2: I mean and also just as like a weird girl it's like there were a lot of these at the time you know there's this there's Kate Winslet's character in Eternal Sunshine yeah, which is sure. a movie Big that one. I love and again like everything also, that's good about that character is stuff that she brought to it and, and just the Charlie Kaufman just writes women so hatefully <laughs> Um, and, so, and so many of these female characters, to me, just, like, they just feel so underdeveloped and just hateful. Like, the person who wrote them hates them. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, and, and so, like, as a girl who's just, you know, trying to make her way in the world and is weird, people, like, wind up projecting a lot onto you. And so, like, and that is also maybe why I don't appreciate this movie very much. It's, like... F- just fuck off you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think i mean the other thing about this movie is that it, it really like it's funny brian cause i was just listening to your um, um american reunion episode and i was thinking about american pie and how like that was a genre a genre setting movie right like there's a bunch of knockoffs of american pie made out like road trip and like you know it sort of made a new template for like that kind of a movie for better or worse like garden State did the same thing right there's a whole sort of breed of garden state-esque movies that came after it and most of them were were vastly inferior the one that's like sort of of the same time that i fucking hate Though people adore it and adored it then, and I'm like, I the, nothing about this movie speaks to me is lost in translation.
2: Oh yeah, that's also not great.
1: Yeah, and I also I feel like like ScarJo in that movie, like that's a character who is just problematically, right, the like male I don't know dream of the time, and I just don't feel like there's any real depth to that character. Whereas with Sam, you know, I recognize the male fantasy element of it, but again there's also something about the way that that character's portrayed both i you know partly in the writing but mostly in Portman's portrayal that is like i, I feel like it's almost too much judged by similar characters in lesser that's movies that's right
2: yeah right but also if she could just take it down like two and a half notches I
1: feel like <laughs> turn it down yeah. a little
2: i'd yeah. be i'd be cool but it's just it's a little intense for me
0: the the one note i had on it on this watch was like I know I'm in a very different place in my life now, but he wrote her very childlike at times. And yeah. like not that because she lives with her parents. I mean, plenty of people live with their parents. But like the, the elements at home reminds me very much of a younger person who I currently, right now, could not relate to in that way. I, I don't hate the character. I, I, I like the character. I think it's a little unfair, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl stuff. Attached to it, but I totally get how this character could be annoying to a lot of people. I totally, totally understand that. Yeah. I think on this watch, that was the I want say least enjoyable part to me because I did not enjoy it. But it definitely wasn't what grabbed me in this time. The girl wasn't, you know. It was the other stuff—the going back home, the the party. The I did like my, my favorite little cute thing or whatever is when he brings her to his friend's house. Uh, the mansion but the first time Um, and he shoots the bow and arrow in the air well they're like oh give me a signal when you want to leave yeah she just she just tugs on the ear like that And the same
1: thing in the hardware store with like the weirdo at the hardware store yeah uh yeah that's a great she plays that like for comedy so well i think she's really underrated at her her comedy skills i have to say yeah Uh, they're
2: they are underutilized i think as is the case for most women in film Yeah.
0: So I thought that was a great place to, you know, end part one of our discussion on Garden State. Part two will be out on Monday. Nice bookend to your weekend. Like I said, we talked for a while. Wanted two digestible parts because it is very good conversation. So I thank Kara and John. Make sure you check out John's show, Hard to Believe. But check out this show on Monday because we're concluding, concluding all the fun Garden State talk. Also Monday, special announcement. Hall of Fame Yeah, yeah, we're getting ready for our Hall of Fame later in this month So listen for that Can't wait, really, really can't wait Also wanted to mention as I listened to that episode over Joey, if you're listening, it was a joke I know you've been very supportive of the show Joey Lewandowski, the most supportive person in High School history So I wanted to make that clear in case people didn't realize I was joking So normally I play the trailer now for homework for next week, right? But since we're talking Garden State again, and we're going to talk more about this kick-ass soundtrack, I thought I'd play a commercial that actually aired for the soundtrack. So here goes. Hear the whole story. Garden State, music from the motion picture. With music from The Shins, Zero Seven, Thievery Corporation, Iron and Wine, Frou Fru, and more. Garden State, music from the motion picture. The right music for whatever state you're in. Soundtrack in stores now. So that, as in the soundtrack, The ending of the film Our awards of course That's what we have to look forward to on Monday So remember Same High School Slumber Party time and channel And CageClub.me, The flagship for all Our great pop culture Programming and podcasts Check out that website One more thing before I let you go Life moves pretty fast If you don't stop looking around once in a while You can miss it Oh wait one more thing I want you to listen to this. It's going to change your life.